6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. Right now, though, you've heard throughout the day that Canada sending troops, many of them from Edmonton to Poland, to help resettle Ukrainian refugees. The defense minister, Anita Anand, made the announcement earlier today saying up to 150 Canadian Armed Forces members will help to ensure Ukrainians fleeing the war receive the best support possible. Now, this is all a part of Op Reassurance, the military deterrence mission in Eastern Europe. To help address the growing crisis at the border between Poland and Ukraine, I am announcing today the deployment of up to 150 Canadian Armed Forces personnel with approximately 100 personnel in the immediate term who will assist Poland's efforts to support and care for Ukrainians fleeing violence. So the mission is in response to a request from the Polish government as it tries to deal with a large influx of Ukrainians fleeing the war. More than 4.7 million Ukrainians have fled to neighboring countries since Russia's invasion began in February. Of those, more than half, almost you know, 3 million have fled to Poland. So what will our troops be doing when they get there? Our people will provide general support spiritual services and limited medical care enabled by Ukrainian-speaking CAF personnel. A reconnaissance team visited Poland last week to make plans for this mission. So the big question is, what will they... What will it be like? What will they be dealing with when they arrive? Our first guest this afternoon is a former captain in the Canadian Army who just returned from western Ukraine on a volunteer relief and humanitarian effort with the NGO Hungry for Life. Annalise Shamoon joins us this afternoon. Annalise, welcome to 630 Chad in Edmonton. Hi, thank you so much. You literally just returned. You've been home for what, just a couple of days? Yeah, just a few days, still recovering. <laughs> okay, so how long were you there for? A few weeks? Yeah, I was there for two and a half weeks. So why did you decide to go? Um, I've been volunteering with Hungry for Life International for many years now, and um, we have a couple of our colleagues who actually moved there last year. Mary grew up there, so it's her home country, um, and they moved there for personal reasons, and then the war broke out, mm. so they've been on the front lines of providing support to refugees moving through the western part of the country into Hungary um, and then also pushing food and supplies into actual conflict zones. Now, background on Hungry for Life, I know it's been around for a couple of decades, but what, what work do they do? Um, within Ukraine, so um, Hungry for Life has projects all over the world, but within Ukraine, it's been um, mostly around providing social supports to people who don't have um, resources. So elderly people, um, people with disabilities, uh, an, an orphanage project, because Ukraine doesn't have quite the same social programs as what we're used to in Canada. Annalise, um, I, I've been I've been following um, your accounts on on social media on Twitter over the past uh, couple of weeks, and and I'm wondering if you can take me back to those first couple of days on the ground and and what was going through your mind, what you saw. Yeah, I remember being just so overwhelmed. Like there, there was just the need is so great. Um, so many people moving, like moving through, and just 
get to see what these people have been through before they even make it into Western Ukraine. Like just absolutely traumatized. And yet at the same time, all of them, um, you know, it's not that long ago that um, they came out from under the USSR. And so there's still that very strong memory of what it was like to live under that and and they have this this resolute like they're never going to go back to living that way again they're going to survive this they're going to get through it no matter how horrific it is one of your tweets you said the ukrainian spirit that i've witnessed and been in awe of in ukraine the past few weeks that that you and you had posted a picture but um can you can you give us an idea about that that spirit and that strength that you've seen Oh yeah, these people are just unconquerable. Like they're they'll they'll just keep going. They're still laughing, still singing, you know, like doing whatever they can just to just to survive and just to keep on thriving in spite of it all. You had uh, you had said at at one point that uh, that you'd been thinking that there were no words to describe the horrors going on here in Ukraine. This was on a Twitter post, and you went on to say, "But you've also studied a lot of war lit in my first undergrad at uh, RMC, and there are words. What are those words? Um, those those you know straight up, straightforward words that need to be used, in your opinion, to describe what's going on there." Yeah, I did really appreciate um, that some of the world leaders are starting to use the word genocide. Like it's it's really real, and we can't believe that it's happening. Like we we thought, I don't know, maybe we didn't think that it was in the past, but we sort of hoped that it was in the past and that there would be a never again. But this is just so real, and it's happening to you know people people like you and I who like a couple months ago they just like went to work or took their kids someplace and dealt with COVID and just like us. And now they're bombed out of their homes and can maybe never, like they have nothing to go back to. They don't know where their next meal is going to come from. Like, it's just unreal. Annalise, um, you, um, how, we have seen an outpouring of, of support, uh, you know, certainly here in Canada, here in, in, in Edmonton, Alberta, um, you know, all, right across from all the provinces, people wanting to help and a lot of mm-hmm. organizations collecting donations, collecting, um, you know, all sorts of supplies. And we've seen them flown to Poland to get their way, you know, into Ukraine. Can you give us an idea as someone who has, you know, been working on those front lines over the past number of weeks, the the challenges of getting um, aid to the people who need it the most in a in a situation like this. Yes, absolutely. Um, there's everything from just sort of bureaucratic um, challenges, uh, you know, getting people into a country, um, moving things across borders, um, and Sometimes, you know, with a larger organization, it takes time to set up a, an office or, you know, get into the areas where they need to be. Um, and so it's really important if you want to have a direct impact in the short term to be able to find an organization that can deliver your donation on the ground right away. There's going to be some longer term um, projects as well. This is this is going to go on for a long time. Even if the war ended today, there's still going to be so many needs. But if 
if it's really tugging at your heartstrings to do something immediately and like get food into children's mouths immediately, then definitely look for an organization like ours is one, Hungry for Life International, um, and there are others as well. Um, we heard word today from the defense minister that um, some 150, possibly 100 more uh, soldiers will be heading to Poland to help with those who are who are trying to get out of Ukraine. Um, you were in uh, the Canadian Army for a number of years. How how does one prepare for something like this to to go into? And I, and I know that's part of a soldier's DNA, uh, that sort of thing. But for anyone even, you have volunteered preparing to go into a, situ- a situation like this. How do you wrap your head around it? Mm. Um, well, I sort of thought about it even as I was going in, like I'm going into a, a context of trauma. And so how do I um, protect myself uh-huh. from feeling some of those impacts? Like they're going to be there, but what are the things that I can do to make it more sustainable for myself? So I can try and get good sleep, but sometimes that's not possible. I can maintain good healthy relationships with people around me i can take time to sit and have a have a meal sitting down Mm -hmm. instead of standing up and running around like there's all of these things that help our bodies adjust so that even when we're in the midst of trauma we don't have to become traumatized those people that you were working with and the people that you were helping uh specifically you talk about trauma um you know, I my my next door neighbor, her mom just arrived from Ukraine after making the trip. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just last week, a, a week ago, she mm-hmm. arrived, and 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 my neighbor, I was checking in on her and seeing how her mom was was doing, and she says, no, she's she's doing okay. She can't believe how quiet it is here, mm-hmm. and 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 that just gave me goosebumps. It it really did, and I'm thinking, you know, you know, getting food and getting clothes and getting a place, a warm place to sleep is, you know, important for so many of these folks, but I think the, 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 the trauma, the ongoing, the mental health, that aspect of it, as much as we know that the population there, tough, and we've heard that, but I think that that is going to be something that needs to be paid attention to um, in, a, in a great amount in the coming days, weeks, months, years ahead. Oh, yes, absolutely. Like, we see this with soldiers. We see it with uh, First Nations who have gone through trauma. Like, this can carry on for generations. And so, um, yeah, there's, like, the immediate needs and then getting to safety, and that's when the healing can begin. So once people get get into a place of safety, then you know, they can be in a place where they can start processing some of these things. Are you planning on going back? Um, I don't have an immediate plan, but I can see myself going back for sure. I would love to. What will you remember the most uh, about your time in Ukraine? Well, I think you already spoke to it, is um, just that that Ukrainian spirit, the unconquerable spirit, and how everyone, like, even refugees are helping other refugees. You know, people who could have fled the country are were sticking around to helping our to help our organizations, or people who could have driven out of their 
own community were coming out to our food delivery um, areas and driving back into war zones like that's just going to stay with me forever Annalise I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon I sure appreciate your insight and uh, you making time for us I know the uh, jet lag is probably real as you try to wrap your head around uh, all the things that you saw and were involved with uh, as well let's talk again in the future thank you for this Thank you so much. Take care. Annalise Shamoon joining us this afternoon. Annalise was a former captain in the Canadian Army, but was just literally just returned from Western Ukraine a couple days ago. Uh, she was there on a volunteer relief and humanitarian effort with the NGO uh, Hungry for Life.